Point out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies PGA Tour Fantasy Golf Podcast, presented by 18 Birdies, the most complete golf app in the business. This is the Sony Open from Honolulu, Hawaii. What's up, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast presented by 18 Birdies. Hey, download the 18 Birdies golf app and check out the Tour Junkies page on their social feed. If you've not seen the 18 Birdies app social feed, it is super fun. It's like Instagram for golf nuts, so you want to check that out. This podcast, Pat and I are going to break down the Sony Open from Wiley Country Club, and we are back. We're going to update you on some awesome new contest details for the Tour Junkies listeners. You don't want to miss those. And we're going to give you, yet again, some caddy insight, specifically from guys who have more than 15 years PGA Tour Pro experience, and they tell us what's important to play well at Wiley Country Club. You do not want to miss that. We did the podcast a little early this week because the Georgia Bulldogs played for the national title on Monday night. So we're going off of odds. We don't have DraftKings prices. Follow up with us on Twitter and other social media outlets before lineup lock on Thursday. We also recap the Century Tournament of Champions and DJ's bludgeoning of the field and some other storylines in the golf business. So once again, we appreciate you guys downloading the podcast. Be sure to pay attention to the contest we got coming up and next week's huge announcement you do not want to miss as we gear up for the Masters only a couple of months away. So here you go. Enjoy the podcast and may your screens be green. Yo, yo, yo. It is the Sony Open week two of the 2018 PGA Tour season. Pat, DB here with you. It's a. Uh, it's actually a Sunday. We are doing this podcast a day early because Pat and myself both have a huge day tomorrow with the Georgia Bulldogs competing for the first time in many, many moons. Thirty-seven na- years. Thirty-seven years for a national championship, and I am extremely excited. Pat, I know you're excited. So listen, we just knew that we weren't going to be able to make the podcast happen on Monday night. We will be glued to that game. And so the alternative is, like, do we do it Tuesday? Like, but but it would be later on Tuesday because we would likely sleep in late and, you know, it'd be a long day. And if the dogs lost, like, we'd probably be a little depressed and then we wouldn't have the energy. Or should we do it Sunday, even though we don't have DraftKings prices, but we do our research, we know what the field will be, we go off of odds, and we just deliver the best product we can. So that's what we chose to do. So here it is Sunday. The Century Tournament of Champions has wrapped up. Dustin Johnson has absolutely bludgeoned the field absolutely bludgeoned the field but pat how you feeling my man what's up on this sunday evening edition of the tour junkies podcast well i'm feeling great fantastic and you know who was my top play last week dustin johnson 
Dustin Johnson was we my, had a good week last week. Was my guy. So um, yeah, I did. I did. Um, well, I said we. I said we. Oh no, I was saying I. Okay. Well, I mean, you, we both had a good week. Well, actually. yeah, but you like Brooks Kefka, who was absolutely a- okay. Listen. I've already got a lot of Brooks Kepka hate. Here's the thing. I, I was unaware of the left wrist injury on Monday. Now, you may be mad at me for that because you're like, hey, you guys are the tour junkies. You're supposed to know this stuff ahead of time. Uh, either I missed it or nobody knew about it until he got to until he got to Kapalua. So I apologize for not knowing that. I, I will say in the Roto-Grinders chat room on Wednesday, I was still pretty much backing him in GPPs and saying, I'm going to roll with it. Hopefully, I'll get some suppressed ownership, and his skill set still fits Kapalua to a T. You can't tell me it doesn't. If DJ dominates the way he does, and JT dominates the way he does, you cannot tell me this place does not fit Brooks Kepka. So, aside from the left wrist injury, I stand by it, and, and I said this on Twitter. In the next five years, Brooks Kepka will win at the Century Tournament of Champions. Like, without a doubt, in the next five years, he will. I'm sorry if I led you guys astray. I... I, I just was unaware. But in the top range, I did like DJ, but all, my, my guy was Spieth, who had a pretty pretty solid week. Brian Harmon. Um, you were Brian Harmon was my guy. See, you gotta give me you gotta give yeah. me some love for Brian Harmon. And you came on XM, uh, I guess it was was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? I can't remember which it was week. Wednesday night. Wednesday XM night. And, you, and you, you threw out a quick shout out to Johnny Vegas, who ended up having a pretty good uh Yeah, T uh, T seventh. Yeah. Had an eagle down the stretch, which was, you know, good, good, some good points there. So, well, and that's the thing about Wednesday. Like, what happened is by Wednesday, I had seen ownership of like Grayson Murray and Wesley Bryan up there a little higher than I thought. And so, on the XM show, I mentioned to Justin Van Zuden, you know, Johnny Vegas is a bomber. He's a scorer. He's played Kapalua before, so the experience helps. He might be a guy I would pivot to, and I did. I also chatted him up in the Roto Grinders chat room on Wednesday night. If you were in there for that, hopefully you grabbed a little Johnny V. But yeah, I mean, so listen, things can change from Monday to Wednesday. We know a lot of things change, so forgive me for that one. I, I'm I'm sorry. I do, we we both did like Dustin Johnson. I was a little more set on Spieth. Um, who ended up finishing ninth and and made a lot of birdies actually um, scored scored pretty well. Uh, we both like John Rahm who finished second. Um, Brian Harmon of course. So you know we 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 had some good uh, we had some good picks. Neither one of us were really high on Brendan Steele. I think you mentioned him, but I, I wasn't really up on Brendan Steele. I think you missed that one. We both said that Patrick Cantlay would do better than Xander Shoffley, which he did. Cantlay finished uh, nine under, tied for fifteenth. Shoffley four under, tied for twenty second. Austin Cook was running away with it early on Thursday, but this is why you got to be careful. On a no-cut event, Austin Cook dropped from like looking like he was going to dominate the thing to T22. Didn't break 70 the whole week. Um, neither one of us really felt like paying up for Justin Thomas. He finished tied for 22nd. Our boy Kiz fizzled a little bit. I would have liked to seen Kiz play a little better. My one-and-done, Russell Henley finished uh, tied for 17th. So... Yeah, kind of a middle-of-the-road finish for me. You had Jason Duffner, who, I mean, not that much better. He finished tied for 11th. Yeah, he was up there, though. He was contending. Didn't have a good day uh, today with a one-over. He did birdie the last hole to to gain a couple spots for me, but I was hoping I'd I'd get a little bit. You know, it's so funny, as we were talking about this, we were debating 
you know, what to do for our one and done. And you remember when, when in the last show, I was like, like the synapses were firing like crazy when you were talking about what your strategy might be. The whole time I was thinking, because originally I wanted to take Dustin Johnson. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I want to just, I want to do it. But I didn't do it. And now I'm not saying you, you talked me out of it because it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was just the whole time you were given kind of like your, your strategy. And then I was thinking through my strategy and everything. So that's why I went with Duff. But I don't yeah, know. Maybe, I mean, maybe I should have gone with my gut. Maybe that's a, that's a one and done thing I need to learn is that you got to go with your gut. But whatever. I don't know. I mean, you still don't know. Like you waste DJ and you can't use him for the rest of the year. You know, he's going to win again. Um, I mean, I think an 11th out of Duffner is is not too shabby for a, for a one and done deal. But, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, listen, we didn't say that these guys weren't going to win. We just said, like, the, it's a no cut event. Like, if you want to eliminate as much risk as possible, you take a guy who you're, you know, is at the tail end of your top 36 guys to take. And you're guaranteed to make some money off of them. Yeah, Whatever. it's a long, it's a long game. It's not a short game plan. It's a long game plan. <coughs> if I sound a little nasally, forgive me. I'm, I'm battling some stuff here. You've been sick, and uh, you've had the man flu. I've had the man flu. Yes. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit about Guff's Corner last week, which hosts our one and done, but also ho- hosts the GC Cup, which is a cool event on DraftKings that we got into 150 people in our league. And um, I was leading after day three. I was leading after Saturday, and I dropped pretty good. Um, but you ended up finishing ninth in that out of 100, uh, 130, actually. You ended up finishing ninth, and I had a 21st place finish. And so the points there are awarded kind of like FedEx Cup points. So I think that's a good that's a good start for you and I. I yeah, that's a, that's a strong excited. start. I'm happy with that. We were both that. in the top five at one point, so... Yeah, there were some tour junkies icons up there. So listen, if you're in that GC uh, GC Cup, you need to change your avatar to a tour junkies avatar. If you want to get one of those, you go to our website, tourjunkies.com, check out the avatar link and uh, knock that out. So otherwise, I had a pretty good week in DraftKings. Like, I'm, I'm all in all, I'm pretty pleased. Um, you know. 582 points uh, for that team. Uh, 591 I had in another contest. F- or 590, yeah, 591 and a half. And I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I had a good first week for a no cut event that I typically, you know, lower my bankroll on. I'm coming out with some with some profit this week. I'm happy. I'm ready to get into it for a full field cut event this week for the Sony. Yeah, and, and we're 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 about to make a, have a run here of of several cut events. So we're we're gonna. You know, there's no more silly season here for a little while. So excited about that! Good stuff. Um, we we unrolled the iTunes contest last week. So we basically said, if you leave us a review that between now and near Masters Week, we'll cut it off eventually. If you leave us a written iTunes review, an honest review on iTunes, we will throw you into the pot, and we will pick one winner to win $250 worth of Masters swag straight from the Augusta National Pro Shop. Pat and I will get your sizes, and we will take down your shopping list if you're not there and able to attend. We will shop for you, and we will ship it to you um, free of charge if you do so. And so far, Pat, we have had 23 new reviews. So not fantastic, but hey, that should speak to you guys who have left a review. 
you got good odds so far. Like that's probably pretty good odds. You got 23 reviews. I would love to to get that number a little higher. So that's where we stand on the iTunes contest. Um, still plenty of time to do that. Speaking of the Masters, Pat, do you remember you you want to you want to tell the people a little bit about what we did last year for the Masters and our contest that we had? Maybe for new listeners who didn't know. Well, so we did do a contest with Fantasy Draft. If you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, by the way, you should. Because uh, they got everything you need as far as, uh, you know, looking at DFS content. They've got golf, they've got football, they've got basketball, baseball, whatever else. But we did a promo with them where a lucky listener and entrant into their uh, into the contest there got to go to the Masters with us on Monday all day. And then there were some a few shenanigans after that. <laughs> Uh, we ha- and we had a nice yeah. dinner, uh, and it was it was pretty great, fantastic, and I think we might be able to do this again for 2018, of which is even bigger because you yeah. know you know who is probably going to be at the Masters this year, Eldrick Taunt Woods. It's going to be a big deal. He committed. To Tory Pines and Riviera over the last week. We're excited, but yes, Pat, we had an amazing time last year. A guy named Michael Riva won that contest. We had a good time getting to know Mike. Uh, really enjoyed ourselves there. But listen, uh, this year it's going to be bigger and better, and we will announce the full contest details on next week's podcast. So you want to stay tuned. It will involve an all expenses paid trip to Augusta. And there are many more beautiful details to come, but stay tuned. That's coming next week. I'm really excited about it. Very excited about it. Uh, also, in the in the in, by way of listener events and things like that, don't forget we do we are planning a listener event in Augusta with me and Pat and a special guest instructor who you will know. Um, sometime in September, October, here in Augusta with us at Champions Retreat. It's a private club, the only golf course in the world with nine holes designed by each of the big three, Gary, Jack, and Arnie. It's going to be a pretty fun uh, couple of days. Details to come out later. If you are at all interested in that event, please email us, info at tourjunkies.com, and let us know that you're going to be interested. We will put you on a list to be like one of the first that we communicate to because there will be limited spots available. We've already had probably 15 or 20 of you reach out to us for that. So thank you. We've got you written down. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're hoping we don't have to turn anybody away. But it's, it's going to be... So freaking awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to help your real golf game, okay? So when we say a guest instructor, like this this person is going to help make you better at real golf, not DFS golf. We're going to spend time having a lot of fun, eating some good food, drinking some good drinks, maybe playing a card game or two, and uh, getting to know the tour junkies and some of our fans a little better, but um, definitely will will involve getting better at actual golf, which is always good. Boom. Boom. Um, I definitely want to want to give a big shout out to my bookie because my bookie's been good to us and they continue to be good to us. Listen, 
Um, if you're if you guys aren't betting on mybookie.ag, you need to be. They have been working with the tour junkies now for like three or four months. We got a promo code tour one hundred. If you put in that promo code, you get a fifty percent deposit bonus right back at you. Put in a hundred bucks, get fifty bucks extra to play with. Pat has won enough money where he's been cashing out. The payout is quick. It's reliable. It goes through his bank. It's beautiful. These guys have the best customer service, best mobile app around. In fact, Pat, uh, this is cool. This is really cool. We had a listener email us and basically give us some feedback on my bookie. I immediately took that feedback, gave it to our contact at MyBookie. MyBookie immediately replies and says, we want to grow our golf offering Get get me in touch with this listener and tell me everything that they, they think we could do better. And you guys tell us everything we could do better. And we want to make it happen. So it's a beautiful thing when when a company wants to really listen to the people and make something better. So it's the golf offerings at my bookie are about to get even better than they already are. But the NFL, MLB, NBA, all that good stuff is all there for the taking. You need to check it out. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. That was very cool what they did. It is. And and then didn't, you know, we reached out to them as far as like having like first round leader type stuff and they they ended up adding that and some other things. But I will tell you from the NFL standpoint and college football, I mean, the odds are they're, they're very good at that, very comparable to other sites. It's it's uh, it's good stuff. They've got a lot of player props, which are fun to play, NFL and college football. Obviously, after tomorrow, college football will go away, and hopefully that will be after Georgia national title. But my bookie is – freaking awesome and i've been let me tell you i've done all the other sites you could name i'm not gonna name them right now but my bookie their app is fantastic it's it's good stuff good looking out not naming all the other sites that's a that's a pro move by you pro move everybody knows what the other sites are anyway if they're if they're gambling on yes um all right, Pat, before we get into the course breakdown, which is pretty phenomenal because we have more caddy inside knowledge on the course breakdown this week as we will be delivering every week and was really successful for this past week at the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. I want to talk about something a little more um, a little more serious, okay? So some of you that follow us on Twitter may have seen this. Some of you may have not. I'm going to go ahead and, and talk, talk about this, Pat. Okay. Um, on Wednesday night, I was sitting around with my wife, messing around because my wife loves Snapchat. Okay, I don't get Snapchat; never understood how it works, but she loves Snapchat. And I was messing around with her on Snapchat, and I figured out this funny thing called face swap on Snapchat. Okay, face swap where you can take your face and you can, you know, mix it with someone else's. You can grab a picture off the internet and mix it up, whatever. And Snapchat mixes it for you, and you can record a video. You can save the video, and then you can post it wherever you want. So I posted it on Twitter, and I thought this would be a funny segment every week on Wednesdays. I'll give like one a one minute Snapchat face swap quick tip to the to the followers and i'll do the face swap because you know social media anything that's that looks funny or looks kind of out of the ordinary is attention grabbing right and everything is all about stopping the thumb right you're scrolling through social media if it's thumb stoppable you get more engagement right so 
I am scrolling through Snapchat and I'm like, I love, I've been listening to Tupac. You guys know I'm a hip hop fan. I I love hip hop. I'm listening to Tupac. I'm like, I'm going to face swap with Tupac and I'm going to do a video. That'll be funny. So I I grab a picture of Tupac. I do a face swap. I talk in my normal voice and I give a one minute talk on DFS for that week. And then I post with the caption Tupac plus DB plus fantasy golf advice equals 100. Good stuff, right? And it was funny. I thought it was funny, and and it, it got it got some attention. But um, there were some people on Twitter who were extremely offended by the post. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it what it is. It's a podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. Um, there were people who felt like it was a a throwback to it was a digital blackface, and it was something that was inappropriate and racially tactless and insensitive and racist and i got called racist and i got um i got hammered on twitter and you know you and i have talked about it many times that we don't like to get into stuff on twitter we don't like to start stuff on twitter i I will say that when it comes to people calling me racist i got rather defensive on twitter and you know i I'm the only one, I guess, that knows that in my heart of hearts, it was never meant to be anything like that. It was never meant to be anything but eye-catching and and funny. Now, if you want to call me ignorant because it didn't cross my mind that that would be a digital blackface and would offend people, then you can call me that. And I apologize for being ignorant. But it, it had not a drop of racism behind it, you know? And, and I attempted to defend myself and like tell these guys that it was truly meant to be funny and I don't understand why it would you know face swap is a thing you can face swap with anybody I could face swap with a female I could face swap with um any, anybody I could face swap with anybody I want to and I didn't see it that way I just thought it was funny and thumb stoppable and um you know, and I, and I have a lot of things in my life, even outside of tour junkies that I do, that I would hope speak more to who I am and who my family is and who we, what we represent that would, um, that would not lead one to believe that I am racist. Okay. And so I, I defended myself. I got into it with him a little bit and then I, you know, after a while I stopped and it's, some of it's continued and, you know, it, it's it's not been it's not been great, okay. Um, but I, I want to say on the podcast, I'm not going to acknowledge these guys on on Twitter. Um, I feel like the people who, you know, I feel like whatever I do or say on Twitter is going to be even like if I delivered this very same thing on Twitter, it probably is not going to be received the same way. So I wanted to do this on the podcast so that people that actually take the time to listen and like hear me talk it out and it's not written out in 240 characters and left up to interpretation. I am deeply apologetic if that offends you or you felt like it was inappropriate. I can 100% guarantee you that there was not an ounce of, you know, racism or attempt to make fun of a race or whatever. You know, if you guys have been listening to the Tour Junkies podcast long enough, like I said, you know that I I love hip hop. I love Tupac. I love, you know, we we talk about this frequently. Like, I I love it. I'm, I'm in it. And it just came to my mind and I did it. So I apologize for anyone it offended. And for the people who get me and who 
can hear my heart on this and are willing to you know learn more about me than what you saw on one post or one tweet um for you I, i'll be sure not to do that again and so I, I won't so i will continue to deliver face swap wednesday night um funny videos hopefully and none of them will will be me swapping my face with an african-american or anybody like that so I just wanted to get that out there. I'm not going to address it on Twitter anymore. I'm done with it and hope we, we can move on. And you guys hear my heart. Sorry for the, the, um, uh, kind of the down tone that this has taken, but it, it is what it is. It was meaningful. And I feel like it should be addressed on the podcast because the podcast is the most meaningful part of what we do. Well, it is. And I think that, I mean, here's the thing is that, Twitter is an interesting animal to me because you can't ever get you just you just don't know who someone truly is on Twitter. I mean, you know, and, and all and everybody jumps to conclusions when you do something or, or you do something that that might be out of the ordinary or whatever. First off, this world is so ridiculous when it comes to the politically correctness and stuff like that, because they just don't like you take something somebody does on Twitter and then that's their personality. That's, that's who they are. Or I'm just going to, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I think that because you and I are from the South, that, that people tend to have certain, you know, I hate to say it, but stereotypes. It's just like you have a stereotype about, about anybody else. It's the same thing. You have a stereotype about someone from the South that is wrong. And so, and to me, that's that's just as bad. But, you know, who's to say? If it offends somebody, it offends somebody. If that's the case, here's what, here's the way I think about it. If it offends somebody, one person, then, you know, you got to apologize for it. I don't want anything for us that we do to offend anybody. And we may do something that's that that does that, and then we get a little backlash from it. We're not going to sit there and continue to do it and do whatever. I mean, we we want to, but we are going to be who we are. David, you're going to be who you are. I'm going to be who I am. That's not going to change, and it's it's just is what it is. So, for anybody out there, we love you. We want to be we want to be doing our thing. We're going to continue to do our thing. If it happened, if something happens where it does offend you, yeah, we're going to, you know, I'm sure we're going to hear from you, but we're not going to change who we are. That's never going to happen. That's never what Tour Junkies has ever been about. That's not what's going to happen. You're not going to bully us into anything by your, your tweeting and tagging people and whatever else in it. It's just not going to happen. We are who we are. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk golf. We're going to talk DFS. And, that's it. Yeah, and along those lines, like, listen, we, we have said it numerous times. We welcome feedback of all kinds. We welcome feedback on iTunes reviews. We welcome feedback on Twitter DMs. We welcome feedback on email. Our email is out there. You can go to our website. You can. There's a contact form. And guess who the only people that have access to any of our Twitter DMs and any of our email is me and Pat. That's it. We're a two-man show. Like that's it. Like, yeah. Ash Ash Morrison does some content for us. He's our boy, 
Ash doesn't have contact, or, you know, doesn't have Twitter or email access. Like, it's just us. So I would say from here on out, please, like, hear me when I say please. Like, if you have some genuine feedback, good or bad, about what we do, please reach out to us. And, 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 and it will be better received if you do it privately, right? Well, let me ask you this. Why would you not do it privately? Why, why would you go on Twitter? Tag whoever else because you have a problem with something we did without with all the access that you have to us. You can direct message us on Twitter. We we have that completely open. Our DMs have, are open. We don't we have, have to follow uh, you for us to DM for you to have DM us. Emails wide open. Why why if you don't have any sort of like vendetta or whatever against us, then why would you not direct us direct message us or email us privately and say, Hey, you know what? That offended me. I think you should you should scale back on that. So that's that's where I come in with my problem with when people call us out, you know, publicly on Twitter. That's where I think there's a vendetta and there's something that that you've got a problem on your end. If you can't just come to us and say constructively, you know what, I got a problem with what you did, and maybe you should throw it. You should kind of you could scale it back a little bit. That's that's the deal. So you know what? If you're coming at us publicly on Twitter, that's fine. But guess what? You got all kinds of open avenues to reach us other than just publicly on Twitter and trying to take anybody down or whatever you want to do. So there you go. Uh, we need to move on from this subject because I'm about to get angry. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully everyone heard my heart there and heard, you know, what, what we're saying. We are open to it and we do want to be who we are, but we don't want to offend and hurt people. Right. Like we don't want to do that. So, you know, I, I, I if I can help it, which I can, I can do the same concept on Snapchat every Wednesday and post a funny video that will likely catch your attention and give you some DFS advice without offending a particular group of people. So as long as I can do that, there's no reason for me to, to, to continue doing what I did. So we, we're reasonable about it. Please know that. So there we go. That's all that needs to be said. Well, let's move on to the Sony Open in Wailai. We are in Honolulu, Hawaii, Pat. And uh, listen, we told you guys last week on the podcast, one of the best new things about the Tour Junkies podcast this year is we have direct insight from over 15 years worth of PGA Tour caddy experience every single week where they have filled out particular, they filled out a, a, a questionnaire on every single course that will be on the PGA Tour schedule this year, and they will be giving us what they think is important, the conditions, um, all of those things, including key stats and just course conditions, not player picks, just course conditions. So along with Pat's course breakdown, we're basically going to spoon-feed you what the caddy has told us. We have some good info for Wildlife Country Club. Pat, why don't you deliver that for us? We'll get into that and some picks. So, yeah, so this week we are at Wildlife Country Club in Honolulu, Hawaii. This is a par 70, just over 7,000 yards. Not very long as far as tour standards are concerned. you got four par threes and two par fives on this course. This is an old classic course. It, this is just one of those, those, those courses that have been out there for a long time on tour. I think this is the 53rd year they have played this tournament on this course. Um, you know, 
if you look at it, you got Bermuda grass greens. They pretty much run pretty fast. I mean, I don't think that you know you're going to see. Uh, you know, this is sort of a putting contest. I mean, last year the cut was minus three. Justin Thomas won at twenty seven under. I think the winds are going to always be key. You just never know what, what happens with the weather. But uh, as long as the winds are down, uh, the, these guys should be able to score out here. Looking at some of the caddy knowledge we got, um, you know, Colonial is one of the courses that, that was mentioned as a comp course here. And I think that's just because, that, again, another old classic style course. It's not very long. The fairways are, are you've got to hit fairways. There's no, bombers are, have zero advantage here as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you have got to hit fairways. You've got to hit greens and you've got to putt well. You know, the three main stats that our caddy that we talked about mentioned were his top stats were strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, and then also putting. I'm going to add in, you know, ball striking. I think that's going to be key out here and also course history. I think that's also going to be a, a huge thing as, as, as for me, most courses are. Looking at past champs, you had Justin Thomas as a winner last year in 2017. Fabian Gomez, your Woo! boy. 2016, you called that win, I think, back there. Back sure did. Two, seems like ages ago when that happened. Jimmy Walker won two years in a row in 14 and 15. And then Russell Henley Bulldog in 2013, a great putter. So, uh, you know, you look at this, you know, these past champs. Not a lot of bombers in there. I mean, JT's a bomber. But other than that, I mean, I think this is this is a course where you just want a guy that can is smart, that can play around the course and hit greens, make putts. Also, I think also you know scrambling. I think that's going to be huge too to be able to you know scramble off the greens. You know these, these are they're, they're tough greens. They're kind of small. So there you go. I'm going to read a quote from uh, one of our caddies. I think the guys that can flight it down off the tee but still bomb it on a few holes always seem to do good here. Justin Thomas and Jimmy Walker are good examples of that. I look for a guy that's had past success, maybe a Russell Henley or a Zach Johnson. I think that... um, you know the the you're dead on here. You know J, JT did finish 27 under last year, which actually broke the course the 72 hole course record by three shots. Russell Henley held it previously. He shot a 59 on day one. Um, you mentioned the wind, and the wind was pretty mild last year. You know it's Sunday night, so when, as we're recording this, it's Sunday night. There's no point in us looking at wind at the moment. That's going to change. But come Wednesday, come Thursday morning, because you know lineup lock will likely not be until Thursday, probably mid morning on the East Coast. Um, so you know you'll have a little bit of time Thursday morning, most folks, to wake up and check it. But the wind was pretty mild last year, which I think led to. You know, Justin Thomas being able to go out and shoot 27 under on the four rounds. But uh, <clears throat> a couple things I don't think I heard you mention that our, our caddy said is first-timers can definitely compete. Um, they, they can. It's it's not like, – like last week, I remember, you know, they basically said they, they're not a fan of first-timers here. Um, here they said it's a little better. As I did a little research, there were, um, there were 14 first-timers – 
in 2017 that are in the field this year. And of the 14, seven of them missed the cut. And the seven that made the cut, the best finish was tied for 27th. There were three that tied for 27th. There was a lot of like T-74s and T-50-somethings. There wasn't a whole lot of great um, first-timer deal last, last year. So just something to note. It is one of the easier courses on tour, so we do expect low numbers. And when you get low numbers like that, most tour pros would tell you that means it's a course anybody can win. Because anybody on the PGA Tour, no matter who you are, you could be a rookie, you could be a no-namer, anybody on the PGA Tour, they're that good at golf, that they're, they've made it that far on a week where everybody can score, can get hot for a week and win. So not that it can't happen, but that's, that's where we're at. Um, he mentioned that bombers will likely club down the colonial. I did a little digging into colonial Pat and I tweeted this out earlier today. Let me go find it. Cause it, I had to tweet it so that I could con- like, like make it make sense in my mind. All right. So of the top 20 players in this field for the Sony of the top 20 in strokes gained total at colonial. Okay, so guys in the field this week for Sony, the top 20 of those guys in total strokes gained at Colonial, only four of those 20 have gained less than five shots at Wileye. The other 16 have gained either five up to 31 strokes total at Wileye, which I, I figured that up because I think that's that further validates what our caddy is saying, because if you look at Colonial, like. Colonials is about 150 yards longer than uh, than than YLI. It actually, if you look on tour, it tends to be a more difficult course, and the surfaces are different. It's in a different part of the country, obviously. Like I, when he when he when they first said Colonial, I'm like, really? So I, I wanted to go back and like validate that. And I think when you look at what I just shared with you, it validates that there is some sort of translation here. So if you're if you're the type of person who really gets into you know correlated courses. I think that that right there pretty much sums it up. Well, and the thing is, here I, the one thing I love about Wildlife is that it it does bring in almost any type of player. I mean, I do yeah. think for the most part, you do have to have a little bit of a draw as far as a lot of these these you know fairways and greens are concerned. But this is, I mean, length is not going to matter. You know, you look at like a guy like Jerry Kelly who obviously is not the longest player on tour, but has played pretty well out here the last few years. Um, there's, there's a lot of variance as far as who you're going to, you know, going to want to choose and who you're going to want to play because there's, there's a lot of type players that can play well out here. So I like that. I'm good with it. It's not like this past week, DJ. Yeah. yeah. Domino or everybody. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I mean, it, you know, he mentioned the tight fairways. The, the fairways are like half the width they were this, this week at Kapalua. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think you got it. This is more of a, a, an accuracy type spot. They've been playing it here at Wildlife since the 60s. By the way, Bob Golby, our boy, Bob Golby has won at Wildlife before. Back in the 60s, he won. Boom. Yeah. So let's let's get, let's we're going to get into players here, but let's talk about what we got to do because you and I both know we have no pricing, we have no odds. So what are you thinking here? Like, what are we going to do? 
Well, I do have some odds pulled up. Um, I've got I've got some odds from some bookies over across the pond. So I'm going to try to go. Uh, since we don't have prices in the U.S., a lot of the U.S. books don't have odds posted yet. I'm going to try to go by the odds we have over overseas. So we'll go by that. But yeah, I mean, we're not going to have prices. So, you know, we may not be able to say whether a guy's a value or not, because, you know, if he's overpriced, then we might want to avoid him. If he's underpriced, we want to take him. So all that remains to be seen. We will be um, we'll be telling you the guys we think fit from a course fit and the guys we're going to be anxious to see what they're priced. Um, I have a feeling we'll be able to tell you guys that we don't want to play no matter what their price. And then you just got to watch out on Twitter throughout the week before they tee off on Thursday for any other, you know, any changes of opinion for us. Um, and then definitely catch us in the chat room on Roto Grinders on Wednesday night. Uh, my XM show will be airing on Wednesday night this week. So catch that 7 p.m. Eastern uh, Series 210 XM 87. I'll be running that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can do that. I will say a big key part to me, especially on a week like this, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to have our first full field event now, um, and, and currently you're right, like we don't have prices, I think ownership is important. You know, we, we talk about these guys from time to time throughout the year, but if you guys aren't aware of fan share sports, you need to be aware. Okay. Most of you guys that listen to us probably know who fan share is, but these guys basically they they're a very unique tool. Like I don't you know, we talk all the time that we love using Fantasy National for our stats and stuff like that. And and fan share is unique because I I genuinely don't know another website that does what these guys do like they basically curate all the pga dfs content out there from articles to podcasts to videos to whatever and they they assign a tag every time a player is mentioned right and then they they listen in and basically curate that content to say here's who is getting talked up the most in the dfs talking head world and you know here's where we project ownerships to fall um, and so every every week they do like a um, I think there's a guy over there named Logan. He does a an ownership projection. Um, he's pretty good. Like I mean, like last like let me look at last week for example. Like last week um, Logan projected Jordan Spieth at thirty seven percent. He was thirty nine across most contests. Um, he had Dustin Johnson at twenty seven percent. He was twenty five. He had Brian Harmon at 15. He was 13. He had Xander at 12. Xander was 12. Um, I mean, just he had uh, Kevin Chappell at 10. He was 9. Um, let me see who some of our guys. Um, Grayson Murray had at 16. He was 13. Um, so, I mean, they, they do a lot of good stuff, and their, their, their specialty is ownership projections. So, Especially on a week where you and I don't have prices in front of us, we really can't begin to guess on what ownerships will be. It's going to be essential that you go and check FanShare for sure. Um, they have a new a new thing now. Actually, they have a FanShare Pro. Um, it's, that's it's, pretty, it's pretty good stuff. It's yeah. That, now now the Pro side is behind a paywall, but if you sign up before January thirty first, you pay seven dollars and twenty cents a month. Like. There, it's hard to find any other DFS site that will charge you seven dollars and twenty cents a month 
to that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like I said, these guys are like curating all the content all over the internet for you know to to gain you an edge in ownership. So it is one of the best sources in DFS for predicting ownership. It may be yeah, maybe tops. And Logan's uh, Logan, the guy over there that does the ownership projections, like his take his blog that does the um, ownership trends and value stuff is next level. So check it out. Uh, that will be something that you and I will, will be hitting up later on the week, especially on a week like this one. But for the show, like we're just going to have to go with, you know, what how the tournament ended this week and get into the odds for, you know, on these books overseas. So you ready to do that? I am ready. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, if I look at the odds on Betfair, which is where I'm, where I'm looking right now across the pond, we've got two guys up top, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. Those are really the big names. And then you got guys, you got a lot of, um, kind of these mid-level guys. You got Leishman, Kisner, Brian Harmon, Daniel Berger. That's kind of, to me, the top. That's the top tier. So those top six guys, Spieth, JT, Leishman, Kisner, Harmon, and Berger. Um, you know, obviously Justin Thomas won here last year. Any, uh, any thoughts on those, those first six guys? Well, for me, I think I'm going to go like you did last week, and, and I think Spieth is going to be my top guy here. Um, now, we'll mention we don't have pricing and everything like that, but I think that this is such a perfect course for Jordan Spieth to win on. It's not terribly long. You can play just you can just use your talent around the course to play well and putt well, which he we obviously know he's a great putter. So I think for me, you know, and he checks a box on strokes gained approach and ball striking for me. Jordan Spieth is gonna be and and I don't care what the price comes out with. I will have a lot of Spieth in this on this course. I, I think he's just it's perfect for him. The other guy behind him, though, that I do like is Leishman. And, and I mentioned him last week. I was a big fan. He does have good course history here. Checks a box on strokes gained around the green. He's gained 31 strokes on the field at this tournament in his last five events here. So I think Leishman and Spieth are my top two guys. I'm going to be honest with you, Pat. Spieth is concerning me a bit. I... I... Like, he didn't gain any strokes on the field this week at the Century off the tee, which we we kind of figured that was going to happen because he's been struggling off the tee. But despite how wide these fairways are, he just didn't. I, I'm a little concerned for that, but let me tell you what I'm most concerned about. Did you watch him putt in some of these short putts that he's had this week? He is, he is like, he is... He's really like wrestling with the short putts, and yeah, it, but it's early on in the season. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't, like. don't want to say the word, but it's a, it's a little. I'm gonna say it's a, it's a little yippy. Uh, the yeah. eye, the eyeball test, the, the eyeballs. That's all I'm saying. Just the eyeballs say it's a little, it's a little yippy. Jordan Spieth this week. Just it doesn't it doesn't look like 
It doesn't look like Jordan Spieth. He lost nearly a stroke on the field putting this week. Nearly a stroke. There were four guys who putted worse than Jordan Spieth at the Century Tournament of Champions. Four. When's the last, when's the last time you could say that? That's, that's, that is eye-opening. I will say that. I, I, I'm telling you, I watched the golf this week. I watched a good bit of it. And the eyeball test from, from like seven feet and in on Jordan is not good. It just doesn't look good. It, it's concerning. Um, to me, Justin Thomas, too, like these people that think Justin Thomas is like a great putter, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like Justin Thomas has never been a good putter. He's no. never been a good putter. Has he had tournaments or streaks where he's been a good putter? Yes. But I would define a good putter as a guy who has an inherent ability and proven over time through consistency to be a good putter. Jordan Spieth has been that. Now, right now, I'm telling you it looks weird. But Justin Thomas has never been a good putter. So, I, don't, don't tell me. He also lost about a stroke on the field this week putting. Let, let me tell you who I, I love. I'm going to be fading JT and Spieth 100% all the way without a doubt. Leishman and Kisner, I'm, I'm all over, like all over. The guy who gained the most strokes on the field putting at the Century Tournament of Champions and who over time in the last five years on the PJ Tour has proven to be one of the best putters on tour is Kevin Kisner. He gained nearly uh, almost two shots on the field this week at the Tournament of Champions putting, and we know Kiz is accurate. We know he's a great scrambler, great short game player. You know, our, our caddy Texas to look at guys like Zach Johnson. You know, Kevin Kisner is Zach Johnson with with a longer driver. Like he can hit, he can hit it farther. He checks the box in strokes gained putting on Bermuda. If you look over time, he's gained 14 strokes uh, on the field at um, uh, at Wiley over the last five years. And he's also one of those guys I mentioned that has gained significant strokes at Colonial. So Kisner, I am all about. He's got Dwayne Bach back on the bag. I'm all about some Kiz. I totally agree with you on Leishman. Um, if we see the wind pick up again, you know, if, if the wind goes up, we know he plays well in that. He played well in that early in the week for the century when the wind was up. And then it's like when the wind died, he sucked again. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but he had a bad weekend. I love Leishman here. I think Kiz and Leishman for me are absolute plays. Um, Harmon's interesting to me for all those same reasons. I mean, um, Harmon's also gained 14 strokes on the field at, at Wiley in the last five years. He checks the box in strokes game putting on Bermuda, and he's one of those guys that has finished well at Colonial. And, and obviously Harmon's played well. I mean, we just saw he finished, what, third or fourth uh, at the century. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, you know, obviously I mentioned Leach earlier, Kiz as well. But, yeah, Harmon, I mean, also you, you did mention strokes gained around the green. He checks the box there, putting. I think Brian Harmon is a good play, too. I'll be interested to see where he comes in price-wise. Um, so, yeah, totally with you there. I do like Zach Johnson, though. I mean, I think Zach Johnson is, is going to be – a, I mean, this is, a to me, a perfect course for him. And he's got good course history checks a box on strokes gained around the green so i'm 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 gonna be rolling some some zach johnson yeah a guy that's gonna be interesting to me is daniel berger um 
he's a guy that I just I really want to play in GPPs because you just never know. Like I don't like him as a cash play, but I do like him as a GPP play. Checks the box on strokes gained approach, which our caddy mentioned was huge putting and ball striking. So I do like some Daniel Berger this week as well. We'll see where he is, but I think he's going to probably be in that eight to nine k range. Totally, yeah. I bet he's in the 9K. To, to further validate your Leishman-Harman play, number two and number three in the field at the Tournament of Champions and strokes gain approach were Leishman and Harman. So, love those guys. Um, let me just... I, we got to move a little quicker here, so I'm just going to, like, throw some names at you. Um, I think Cam Smith is one I'm going to keep riding. He was a little chalky this week, but I think Cam, with the short game he's got, he is one of the best scramblers on tour. Another Aussie that if the wind picks up could play nicely here. Um, I like him. I like Gary Woodland. He's around the same price on Betfair, around 28 to 29 to 1. Uh, I think Woodland is one of these guys who, in a in a event where there's going to be a cut, Okay, I think he's a safe cut maker, uh, and even on a course like this, because he's a known bomber that can club down. Gary is very good on courses where he can club down, so I like Gary Woodland from that standpoint. I won't be like overly exposed to him in GPPs, depending on his price, just because he's not the best scorer in the world, and he can drive you mad when it comes to scoring. But I do think he's probably a pretty safe cash play, no matter where he's at. Um, I'm assuming you'll be back on Duffner this week. Um, I mean, he looked really good. He's 31 to one on Betfair. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think he's. I'll probably roll with some Duff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, top five in strokes game putting at the Century, which is Duff's big deal. Like that's the thing we said that last week. If Duffner can putt, he can compete, and he did. And he competed. Uh, he did miss a cut here last year, but I, I don't know. I think that he, it wasn't. I wouldn't. He probably wasn't putting. Like I don't. I don't know yeah, what his numbers were, but he probably just wasn't wasn't putting that well. By the way, Duffner is a guy who also is uh, top twenty in strokes gained at Colonial. So he's gained nine strokes at uh, Wiley in the last five years on the field. He checks a box uh, there, and and he's the putter looks hot. So if the the hot putter continues, I like Duff, but. Yeah, he, he could be chalky. He could be, and another chalky guy that I think could could be. Um, but I think he's a, a fantastic cash play is Charles Howell. Yeah, he's gained thirty eight <coughs> strokes on the field in the last five events. Here, he's had a T eight, T thirteen, T twenty six, T eight, T three, just in the last five years since two thousand thirteen. Charles Howell to me is just like the quintessential cash play. I, I would have a hard time not fitting him into my into my cash lineup so and i don't know what you think about him but i don't know it speaks for itself i mean that that is what it is so um i mean based on where he stacks up in the odds i'm looking at i could see him being around like the high sevens low eights and i would totally take him there now DraftKings does tend to weight course history a little heavier than a lot of places so versus his odds on Betfair, I could see him being a little higher, but like right now he's got longer odds than Gary Woodland, Bill Haas, Siwoo Kim, Tony Finau, like all those guys. So I could see him being in the high sevens, low eights, and if he is, I'm I'm all over the Charles Howell play. I think that's a good play. 
Yeah, another guy that I think along those lines is probably going to be even cheaper is Harris English. I mean, you look at him, he's gained 28 strokes, on, 28 strokes on the field in his last five events here. Now, he missed a cut last year, was T56 in 2016, but before that, three straight years in the top ten, including two top five finishes in 2015 and 2014. So Harris English, if he's in the right price range, now it just depends on where I see him. I feel like he is a great play. So I do like some Harris English. And you know what? Another guy I'm going to mention that you have not talked about yet, but you you alluded to last week is a guy that you thought might could have a bounce back year, and that's Scott Piercy. I do like him this week. He's gained 22 and a half strokes on the field in the last five years here. He does have a second place finish in 2015. Um, a top 15 in 2016, a top 15 in 2013. So this is a course where he's got good course history. So he'll be an interesting play for me because I think he'll be a little bit of contrarian play with with his just recent form and things like that. So I do like Scott Piercy also this week. I'm I'm glad that you're you're trying to get behind my Scott Piercy comeback call, but I'm I'm gonna wait and see on on Scott. I'm not gonna have a lot of him this week, but I'm glad you're I'm glad you're on him. Um, I mean, I, I think it's I think we've skipped over Webb Simpson, who's uh, twenty nine to one on Betfair. I think this is a great course for Webb. You know, um, his putting clearly made a lot of improvement in twenty seventeen. He's an accuracy, strokes gained approach, proximity kind of guy. He's got experience here. Um, gained 25 shots on the field in the last five years here at Wiley, and also one of the guys who checks the box at Colonial. So I think Webb is a good play. I'm back in on Russell Henley. We mentioned a quote from uh, one of our caddies that Henley would be a guy they would look at. Previous course record holder here. You know, just got his feet wet for the year at Kapalua across the across the water there in Hawaii. So uh, s- skipping over the island and already accustomed. I think Henley could roll. Um, he he's he. If you watched his golf this week, man, he he can get streaky. He can have like he can look like he's about to tank the entire round and then just rattle off like five birdies in a row. So um, I, I think Henley's going to continue to play well here. Um, what do you think about Jimmy Walker? You know, I, I, he's got he had the Lyme disease that he's battled. I think he's still battling it a little he's still bit. Still battling fact, it, and even his wife came yeah. out and said that she's battling it too. Which is yeah, I was just about to say that. Sucks. Like, unfortunately, his wife Erin um, has also contracted it. That's just that's terrible. But this is clearly a place where Jimmy, you know, enjoys has had great success here. Um, he's been resting. Uh, I've seen on social, on his Instagram, he's been practicing. He's been playing. He's hit, yeah, he's hitting the ball well. It he's looks hitting like, balls. So. Um, I, I think for a GPP play, it's hard to avoid Jimmy Walker. I mean, I, I don't know that I would feel safe about him in cash. He's currently thirty-three to one on Betfair, just above Charles Howell and uh, and just below Zach Johnson and Tony Finau and those guys and Russell Henley. But he loves this course. He does I mean, love the course. He's won, it, he's won it twice, but he's also gained the most strokes out of anybody over the last five years. So. You know, we also know this is an easy walk. We know, we know this is a pretty easy walk. Our caddies have told us that, like, tee to green, this is a very easy walk, much different than Kapalua. Um, tee box is very close to the greens, and that's important for Jimmy. Like, Lyme disease will just suck the energy out of you, and that's the problem, right? Like, he's – so we know he's – if there's going to be a time to play him, 
He's well-rested. He hasn't played in a long time. He's coming back to a course he feels good about, he feels comfortable on. He's won here, and it should be a pretty simple walk. This is this might be the time to roll with him, but I don't know what the upside truly is. Um, it just depends on price, I guess, but I think GPP, I'll have some shares. I'm with you. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> you know, making his first appearance as a full-time committed member to the PGA Tour is Peter Uline. We talked about Peter Uline a little bit in the last podcast. Uh, personally, I'm still a no-go on him for right now. Yeah, I'm not going to be. You know, I think if you're going cheap, I mean, we've mentioned a few guys that I think are going to be cheap. Um, Stuart Sink, I think, might be an interesting play depending on what his price is. Also, you know, he checks the box for me on course history. Uh, also, Ches Reavy, all uh, this time of year, this is like the Ches Reavy time of year. This is a perfect course for him. He's obviously a ball striker. He's, uh, you know, it's proximity. He always checks the box there. Um, you do need to hit it close here and make some putts. So I do like Ches Reavy. And see, woo, Kim, I think could be an interesting play. No. As well. Okay, no. I agree with you on Ches. See, sure. woo, shaking that. Chicken ass. <laughs> oh, good. Um, all right, I'm not really feeling a lot of those guys. I tell you, I'm going to give you a fade. I'm fading Keegan Bradley. He has lost eight strokes on the field at this golf tournament. Um, you know, when you look at guys who suck here, Keegan Bradley is one of the top ten suckers in this field. So I'm fine with fading. I think him. he's a he's a sucker play. Uh, he is a good scorer and a good name for the field, but clearly something about Wileye just does not suit the boy. Um, I'm I'm not playing a ton of first timers, so you know I mean I, I know our caddy said that first timers can play, but when I looked at last year's first timers, it just didn't seem like it really played all that well. Now I do think Austin Cook, first timer, could play well here. This seems like a great course for him and his little short knock and self. Uh, I can see that one being okay. I think. Patton Kazire is a good play here. Patton clearly playing pretty well this past uh, past week at, at the Century. Um, you know, has been a great putter throughout his career. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think Patton could be interesting. He, he finished uh, top ten in strokes game putting this past week at the Century. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of like a little Patton Kazire. He's down there at uh, let's see, where's Patton? He is seventy-five to one, right there around Scott Piercy territory. Actually, um, who else we got here? I got nobody else. I'm done. Nobody, huh? What about um? Might be a good, might be a good Wesley Bryan bounce back. Like a lot of people were on Wesley Bryan this week. He, he was low, he was low, low priced, and you know a lot of people jumped. He was like twenty something percent. I, I think this is a course that he he can play well. I, I think this is a course that he is very similar to some of the courses that he grew up playing. But I just haven't seen the the good play from him. He just doesn't seem to be on his game right now. So that's what concerns me about him. Fourth in strokes game putting this week at the Century. Um, tenth in strokes game around the green. I'm uh, sorry, ninth in strokes game around the green. So, I don't know. I mean, scrambling and putting is his thing. The tight fairways worry me a little bit. But, yeah, he's right down there with Shez Reavy. So, I, I much prefer Shez. Brian Gay. 
I tweeted something out about Brian Gay. I like Brian Gay this week. He checks the box and strokes game putting on Bermuda surfaces. He's gained 12 strokes on the field at Wiley. Um I just I think I think Brian Gay is interesting this week. He's probably going to be cheap. Super cheap. Um What do you think about Luke Donald? Like he's one of the best putters on tour year in year out. He's coming back. Yeah, I do think he's also a great scrambler. So I think yeah. that that's another yeah. thing that you could see with him. But you know who shocked me has not played well here. He's lost uh, lost six strokes to the field in the last five years at Wiley. Is Scott Brown, and this just seems like a great course for it's, Scott. This would be a perfect course for him. I don't like we know Scott and we know Scott's game, and this just seems like a great course for him. Um, that's a little puzzling. If his price is super low, I might jump on him despite all that. All right, I, I, I got a guy who I just freaking love, and that is J.J. Spawn. I think J.J. Spawn, and by the way, he's 189-1 to 1 on Betfair. I think J.J. Spawn, I mean, we talked about him a little bit in last week's uh, podcast as far as a breakout player. He's getting a lot of chatter among the industry as far as a breakout it, some of the guys we've talked to on the PJ Tour that have played with J.J. Spawn say that J.J. Spawn is one of the best ball strikers on the PJ Tour, and the ball coming off his club just sounds so pure with every shot. They just love it. And, and with a guy like that on a course like this that's tight, that's re, that requires you know accuracy and re, might require some play in the wind, I just think this is a great spot for J.J. Spawn. Uh, I'm all in on, on Spawn. Okay. I'm okay with that. Let me see. Let me find like the super long odds and see who I like way down here. Your boy, uh, no, 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 he's not Marty Dow. Isn't that his name? Isn't that your boy, Marty Do? He's <laughs> yeah. he's way down here. Um, Tom Hoagie. Now Tom hmm. Hoagie has actually, Tom Hoagie actually is one of the top players in strokes gained total at Colonial. And he's not done too bad when he's played here. And he's too, he's like bottom he's like bottom ten on Betfair right now. I think Hoagie could be interesting. Steven Yeager is just above him. Actually priced very same odds. Yeager. Um our boy John Peterson's in the field this week. Yeah, he's, he is. He's been practicing a good bit too. He's an accuracy guy. Big time actor. I'd love to see him play well. I probably won't have a lot of him, but I'd love to see him play well. Uh, Joel Damon's in the field. Our, our boy Gino Benelli, the caddy for Joel, will be on the bag. I'm sure those boys will be looking for a good week. That'll be good. Um, Fabian Gomez, defending champ. Fabian can pop. Like, if he's dirt cheap, you might want to roll with him. He kind of pops out to me a little bit. Uh, your boy Blaine Barber. I'm surprised you haven't said anything about him. He checks the box and strokes game putting on Bermuda surfaces. Uh, anybody else for you? No, that's all I got. I even mentioned to you before the show that I didn't have a ton of guys. I know, I know. I'm just checking. Well, that's as good as we can give you right now. Listen, we gave you the caddy info, which is probably the best thing for you, and we gave you the course, like the the player type that you need to do well here. So keep track with us for the rest of the week. We'll do our best to uh, fill in the gaps, and, and not having pricing really hurts us. So um, we'll we'll do our we'll be back next week. But well, we need to give our one and dones. Oh yeah, we do need to give our one and dones. Do you know yours? I do know mine. Okay, go ahead. And I have not even mentioned this guy on the show. Oh wow. Okay. But and and he's only played here one time 
in the last five years, but he did have a top 15 finish. But I think I am going to go with Bill Haas. What? One and done. Yep. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, I am going with Kiz. I'm gonna go I ahead. And, I'm, I'm gonna go I ahead and spin. Really I'm gonna I'm gonna spin my kids. Who lit the kids? Doing it. Okay. Feel good about it. <clears throat> I like him. Only a second week. He's well rested. Good form. Great course fit for him. Box on the bag. I'm I'm, I'm in it. I don't want to be left at the end of the year wishing I'd have played kids. So there I, we go. I'm with you. Okay. All right, everybody, thanks for putting up with us yet another week. We will be back next week um, with prices and on a regular Monday night. But stay tuned. we got a lot of stuff coming between now and, uh, you know, and, and lineup lock on Thursday. May your screens be green. Go dogs. See ya! Ow! Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody. Ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today